From 2 Corinthians 13, 13, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We are so glad that you are seeking God with us, and we pray that the message you are about to hear is a blessing to you. I am Brian Niebank, pastor of Zion United Church of Christ Fireside in Bellevue, Ohio. I thank you for joining us today as we seek to walk together with God, expressing our love in Bible study and prayer, living the life of the church and serving others and worshiping God. May God bless you today. Will you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Many schools have been celebrating their graduations these past few weeks. Most colleges had their graduations last month for the first time in a year and a half. Bellevue High School also graduated their class recently. We hope that they were able to learn something before they came to that graduation day. In my own high school experience, I remember some of my teachers saying that they wanted us to remember some of the material after the test was over. Midterms and finals helped to do that sometimes because it focused us to restudy the same material that we had already been tested on. But years later, how much do you actually remember from your school days? Do you remember how to find the cosine of x squared? Do you remember who Herbert Hoover's vice president was? Do you remember the 50 states and their capitals? There is a lot of information that we learn which we hardly ever use in our lives again, and we forget them when we do not revisit them. My Greek professor in seminary told us that we need to keep using our Greek skills so that we would not forget what we had learned. It is important to continue studying and learning so that we keep building on that which is important to us. We do not need to remember every detail that we learned in school for every class, but we do learn some other valuable skills. In addition to learning valuable material, we also learn how to more valuably live our lives. We learn how to be responsible in turning our assignments in on time. We learn when it is appropriate to give grace through the teachers that are nice enough to give us extensions. We also learn about the value of friendships, and we learn that some people do not need to be a part of our lives who may be a toxic relationship. As we grow up, Every teacher has the opportunity to plant a seed that will grow into a blossom. 
we remember how we were taught to love one another, be accountable for our actions, and stay determined to never give up. Still today, we remind ourselves that we never stop learning. We learn how to be better people, better citizens of our country, and better vessels of the Holy Spirit. Our farmers have been busy during this planting season. When I have driven around these past few weeks, I have seen some fields that have appeared to be fallow and others that are already three foot high or more corn stalks. I wonder when or if certain fields will be touched this season because I do understand that fields need to be rotated uh, and perhaps some do stay fallow to give the ground a rest or farmers could clarify that question. Um, but uh, I know that the rotation of crops helps the land and is needed for that land. But I have been amazed to see how some of these plants have come up out of the ground so fast. I watched a farmer plant a field one week, and the next week I already see tiny sprouts of green coming up out of the soil. Nothing else had been done that week, but there they were. It is the miracle of life starting from something very small, that small seed. They will continue to grow, and eventually they will bear corn and beans and wheat or whatever else the farmers are growing. The harvest will come, and the crops will be gathered, and the cycle will start all over again. This summer, though, I will get to watch the plants as they grow. By the time I arrived here last August, they were mostly full size already, so there is more magic in seeing how fast they are able to grow. Spring is my favorite season because of the new life that springs into this world. First, the daffodils and the lilies appear as the trees begin to bud, and then the buds turn into fresh green leaves And though the lilies do not last forever, you do not have to wait long to start seeing other annuals spring up out of the ground and also see many bushes in blossom. Last month at a park near Lake Erie, my family and I saw a family of geese. And the little ones following their mother and trusting uh, their mother to lead them in the right direction as they learned how to be geese, as geese do. In Job 12, verses 7 through 10, we read, Ask the animals, and they will teach you. But what can they teach us? When I look at the animals, I often wonder what they might think or what kind of lives they really lead. Do they worry and stress like we do? Do they always think about what needs to be done tomorrow? Perhaps we can learn about the lesson of simplicity. What can we do to live a more simple life? What can we do to just appreciate the newness of the season that we are in? We can sing with the psalmist, How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is a sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both great and small. Or with Louis Armstrong as he sings, I see trees of green, 
and red roses too, I see them bloom for me and you, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. We can praise God for the seeds that blossom into the beauty that we see around us. The Amakalites were a group of people who attacked the Israelites in the Sinai Peninsula as they were heading into the Promised Land in Exodus 17. Joshua fought the Amakalites, and whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. But whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. When Moses grew weary from holding up his hands, Aaron and Hur each held up his hands for him so that the Israelites could win that battle against Amalek. God promised, I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. But when Saul was made king, Samuel came to him and said, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish the Amalekites for what they did in opposing the Israelites when they came up out of Egypt. Now go and attack Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have. Do not spare them. When Saul attacked them, he won, but he spared King Agag and the rest and the best of the cattle that they owned. God's voice came to Samuel and told him that Saul had not followed all of his commandments. In other words, Saul had not done God's will. We might remember last week when Jesus said, Whoever does the will of God is my mother and my brothers. Saul is not doing well to get himself included among Jesus' mother and his brothers in that regard. He saw value in their possessions, and he took them for his own people. From one angle, it appears that he wants to keep things that appear useful that his people could use, and we might do something similar. If, if we saw use in an item, we want someone else to be able to use it rather than destroy it. But God had told him something else. It may seem familiar as well if you have ever ever told your mother or your son that he or she really does not need that pile of papers that he or she wishes to keep. But you are dismissed anyway. God therefore tells Samuel that because Samuel does not obey the word of God, he will anoint a new king. When Samuel tells Saul that he has lost favor with God, Saul is devastated, telling Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words, because I feared the people, and I obeyed their voice. Now, therefore, I pray, pardon my sin, and return with me, so that I might worship the Lord." But the Lord does not return Saul's favor, and God does not offer Saul grace here. Saul had made one fatal flaw. He obeyed the voice of the people instead of the voice of God. When we ask God to help us to understand God's will so that we might be brothers and sisters of Jesus, we are asking God to help us live above the world 
its worldly desires and also the people's desires within this world. It will always be extremely easy to bow to the wishes of those who are pressuring you to do something or to save something because of its usefulness, as the people did to Saul. But if it conflicts with the will of God, it becomes problematic. Jesus told us that we are not of the world because we are not of the world. We need to ask God to help remind us that we are not of this world. Even though we may be in this world, we are not of it. We do not have to bow to the influence of this world and its desires. We live to help others prioritize God over the world. In order to help others prioritize God over the world, that is one of our mission statements as Christians. We live so that we, as well as all, might eventually prioritize God over the world. But we know that David was not perfect either. He ended up succumbing to the desire of the flesh when he looked upon Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah, and he essentially made sure that, uh, that Uriah died in battle so that he could claim Bathsheba as his own. Yet David, who was the youngest son of Jesse, was anointed by Samuel as Israel's king in the town of Bethlehem of Judea. Samuel was afraid when God asked him to do this, for he said, How can I go? If Saul hears of it, he will kill me. Yet God assured him, so he went. He carried out the will of the Lord without another word. He may have wanted to give Saul grace, but God did not, and he did not. And he knew what the voice of the Lord told him as he was guided by the voice of God at every turn. As, at the, as the story of the anointing of David concludes, the Lord said, Rise and anoint him, for this is the one. And then Samuel took, off, took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. The Spirit of the Lord travels with all who do God's will. And we are able to do God's will whenever we hear God's voice. Even when we may mis- make a mistake along the way, as David did. If we seek God's will and hear God's voice, God will travel with us. And we will be the mother and the brothers that in that close familial relationship with Jesus. But how might we even hear God's voice? How can we know the will of God when we do not know the difference between the voice in our head and the voice of God? Mark Batterson wrote a book which won the Christian Book Award, Whisper, How to Hear the Voice of God, which is one of the two books that our book group uh, will read later this summer. This will teach us new perspectives on how we can hear God's voice. But the simple answer to give right now is that we can hear God's voice by praying. 
We can hear God's voice when we try to live a more simple life, free of some of our distractions. We can hear the voice of God when we stop listening to all the worldly voices that are around us and start listening more to the voice that started it all. We cannot discern the voice of God right now because we have too many voices swimming around in our head. We have to cut them down. And when St. Francis preached to the animals, I wonder if he was learning something from their simplicity. They had less to distract them and take away their focus. And this is what we need to be able to do when we wish to carry out the will of God. And I'll make the distinction that while animals uh, may or may, well, humans are created unique in God's image, of course, and I know there are some who uh, would not like to make that direct comparison with God, but the, the animals teach us something about simplicity because they we know that they do not think as much about what they do. And that simplicity can help us to carry out that will of God. We plant seeds in the young ones among us, and we hope that they will cause them to grow in the Spirit, that these seeds will help the young ones among us grow in the Holy Spirit. Jesus told us that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, which starts out as the smallest of all seeds, but then grows up and becomes one of the greatest of shrubs. Our faith may be small now, but we know that with time, if we give it the right nutrients, it will grow like the seed of a plant grows in the field. When the harvest comes, we want to be able to show that we are growing fruit, or corn, or beans, or whatever the plant is meant to grow. It is okay that we are starting out small right now. It is only the spring. It is only the beginning of Pentecost, where we bow to the influence of the Holy Spirit and learn about the influence of the Holy Spirit. But we are still learning, and we rely on God's grace when we make mistakes. But if we do not give the seed what it needs, good soil, sunlight, and water, that seed will not grow. If we place the seed in a forest with so many other thoughts around it, it will not grow. The same is true for the seed of faith in ourselves. The Holy Spirit is there to help it grow. The Spirit wants, us to, wants to enable us to plant this seed in others as well. It may stay unrevealed for a while, but one week it is planted, and the next week it is free to grow unhindered, and it will blossom into the magic of a green plant. Be assured that when you trust God that this will happen, God will help you to grow. It is okay that you do not remember the whole Bible from Sunday school. If you remember how the people taught you to live, and the spirit that Jesus taught you to live by, God gives us a promise. In our doubt, there is believing. In our life, eternity, 
unrevealed until its season, something that God alone can see. Trust God. God will see you through. Thanks be to God, and amen. As we trust God, let us sing together blessed assurance found in our purple hymnal, number 67. Thank you for joining us here at Zion United Church of Christ Fireside in Bellevue, Ohio. If you would like to reach out to us, we would be thrilled to journey with you on your walk with God. Call us at 419-483-6658 in the United States. Reach out to us on our Facebook page or send us an email at zionunited at gmail.com with any prayer requests or questions you may have. Remember to make time for God and confess Jesus as your way to God to give you hope in this life. May you be blessed by God and be a blessing for another. We hope to see you again.